and welcome back to the Beyond the Water podcast. This this is going to be an exciting episode for us today, mainly because we're back. We're coming back. We're coming back at you. We're also doing it in transit today, changing things up. We got the camera rolling, so if you're watching, hopefully, hopefully the goal is to get the uh, <laughs> the video up, uploaded, and get this whole podcast streaming thing going. But we are back to the Beyond the Water podcast. As always, I am your host, Cooper. It's good to be back. It's been a while. It's been it's been a minute since we have you know really recorded, spent some time planning, uh, budget time planning. Actually, it feels like it's all we've been doing, because um, I'm a planner, and unfortunately, sometimes when you get stuck planning, you don't ever actually go through with anything. So I was kind of in that rut. I've spent the last. Well, I don't think I've uploaded a podcast since December, and it's now May, so that's five months in this planning circle of, well, I, I should get this done, and I should get things uploaded, but I I, don't, I just haven't, and so here we are. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kick her off with a with a doozy of a of a series, um, and. If it sounds a little choppy, maybe a little loud in the background, uh, it, it is because I am I'm, I am driving today, because I we've got to keep going, we've got things to do, people to see. Um, today, I'm actually on my way to work, so we're gonna kick we're gonna kick this this off, back, back at it with a a doozy of a podcast, but first. If you're a new listener, Beyond the Water was a a dream, a random goal, a plan of some sort that I had that I've always let, thought I would. it'd be fun to write a book, make a podcast, do all this other fun stuff, but never something that I ever did until, you know, the last couple of years has been a lot of downtime with what's going on in our world and all that jazz and yeah, we're not. We may touch on that at some point, but not today. Uh, but beyond the water, it started as a as a book idea, and, I, and then it just kind of you know it grew. There's a blog. There's a book I've been working on. There's this podcast. There's some other projects that I'd like to start, but depending on time and all that, may be something. But for, I mean, we'll have to see about that one. There's just some. There's some. There's a few more kinks to work out when it comes to. A couple of things, but we've based beyond the water out, out of the the scriptures in, in Matthew four nineteen, where Jesus is talking to the disciples and saying, "I will make you fishers of men." Um, for those who know me personally, you know my life is devoted, revolved around fishing. For those of you who don't, that I mean it, it does. I I love it. It's my therapy. It's my sanctuary. Uh, it's as close to uh, heaven on earth as I think is possible. Uh, personal opinion, though. So, 
we won't hold that against anybody who, who disagrees. That, that's a very much personal opinion. But to kick things off, coming back, I, I really wanted to hit on something that I think is, I want to say frowned on or red flagged or, you know, it's just not something that's heavily discussed in the Christian circle. And that, that's this idea of mental health. And I wanted to, I wanted to really share kind of my story and and struggles with it because it, I wanted to start the series this way because I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate. I'm not saying I'm special by any means. I'm just saying that I, I'm going to to voice what I went through and you know, some of those thoughts I've had and just kind of be real for a moment because at the end of the day, if if no one's ever going to be willing to share their story or their struggles, then we're no better off than we, than we were to begin with. And I I don't want that. I, I, my goal in life is to leave this world better than how I found it. Um, but just, just, a random goal of mine and you know that's why I went into education that's why I've been working nonprofit for the last year that's why you know xyz things I've done in my life because I just want to leave this this world slightly better than how I found it and I know I know I can't change the world but I can help it along and and so that's kind of always been the goal and so that's why I'm like I'm gonna kick it off and I'm gonna kick off coming back I'm gonna kick it off well and strong and hard because that's just something that needs to be, there's just something that needs to be talked about more often. And we're going to jump into a lot of like science mumbo jumbo when it comes to that, because I, I think there is room for that when it comes to, you know, mental health and looking at the psychology of things and psych, psycholog, psychological, nope, psychologically, psychologically, I don't think that's a word, but I'm going to use it. Uh, psychologically looking at what everything is doing inside someone's head um, because there's certain brain patterns and certain synopsis that go off um, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a whole another episode we're gonna we're literally gonna look at the science of mental health and then we're gonna look at mental health uh, from a biblical perspective with a Christian worldview and I, and I say that, because I know, I know there's people who don't think it's a real thing, who, who think that, oh, just, you know, go accept Jesus and all your mental health issues are going to be gone or, or, or anything like that. And it, there's some people that I really, I, I respect, I'm friends with that, that view it this way. But I, I, I do think that there's, you know, there's trauma. There's stuff that you can't control or there's just things that at the end of the day, just because I recite a Bible verse doesn't automatically make all my, all my everything's go away. And and so that's kind of why we're going to touch on this topic. And that's why one of the first things I wanted to do is just share. I wanted to, I wanted to share my story, what I've been through, 
what I've seen in my life as, you know, indicators of, you know, positive mental health and indicators of negative mental health in my own life. And this isn't to to throw anyone under the bus or to say that my support systems were bad because they weren't. It's literally everybody has a, a different different way. And so we'll, we'll just kick off. Um, for, for those of you who are wondering like, oh, well, Cooper, you've been a Christian for how long? You were saved when? Uh, I was I was 21 in a Bible college. So that, that sets the stage for some of what is to come. And we'll get into that detail. But for reference, I am 29. Just I'm going to turn 30 this year. So nine years ish, give or take, round numbers right now. That's not really a round number, but you know what I mean. Uh, Easy numbers to do math, but it's about nine years I've been a Christian. And so that's just take that for what it's worth for right now. And you'll, you'll see, you'll see my story. And I, and I, I hope I share it well, and I hope somebody can connect to it and be like, I understand this now. I understand myself a little bit better, or I understand what my friend may be going through a little bit better. Just be, and that's all. That's all my goal is. I'm not going to to throw a ton of theology at you right now. I'm not going to throw a ton of science at you right now. I, I'm just going to be a vulnerable, vulnerable. I can't say that word this morning. Um, I'm going to be very transparent. We'll use transparent um, instead because I could say that word this morning, and so. You know, I grew up in a very church-heavy home. Uh, we were always in church. I, I, from the time I can remember to the time I went to college, church was something that was very ne- ne- necessary for me to attend. I'm going to use necessary, and I, I'm going to explain that as we kind of move on here. Uh, but I, I mean... There's early pictures of baby dedications or stuff like that that I, I can look back on still to this day and be like, I've been in church forever. My parents always used to tell me a story, and I think there's a picture of it somewhere. I can't confirm or deny this, but they always used to tell me a story about how I had the chicken pox, and they sent me to church with oven mitts on, um, so that way I couldn't scratch because I was on the healing phase of it. And so they sent me with oven mitts on my hands. If that story's true, my parents are slightly crazy for sending me somewhere with chicken pox. But, you know, I don't don't know how how not true that story is either. And so when when I think about that, like, I've been in church my entire life. You know, I've probably heard some version of the gospel thousands upon thousands of times. Um... But that doesn't really doesn't really mean anything when it comes to you know psychological drama, and so when I when I look back <clears throat> when I look back excuse me there I'm uh, my allergies are real bad recently, and so I can feel them still this morning um, after mowing the lawn last night. So I'm. Um, like, eh. but 
anyways, when I look back, I see things that that added to to myself. I, I see, you know, traumas of my mother in the hospital when she had cancer and being young, not knowing, really knowing what's going on or anything like that, trying to understand as best as I can in my, you know, four-year-old brain, but never really dealing or coping with that. When I got older, even though my mom's still here, I still think there's a sign that they're a part of that, 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 that still needs to be dealt with and coped with and, and all that jazz. Um, because it, it, that's traumatizing. There's no other way around it. That is a traumatic experience to see your mother in a hospital, no matter how old you are. And so I think that was definitely one of those things that I should have dealt with, you know, as I got older and all that jazz, but I never really did because I didn't think I had to. I did. I thought when I was younger, it was just a younger thing. And now that I'm older, it's gone. I, I think there's still some bits and pieces of me that, that don't, that haven't dealt with that. So that, that's very early on. And like I said, that's no, no knock against my parents. It's just something that happened in life and that was it. But as I moved forward in, you know, I went from school to school to school for a while and, you know, that never really helps you either because you never really get set with a good good core group of, of friends. Um, you never get set with wanting, you know, and I was young. And so like, I didn't know any better, but and, and you know, when you're young, you can make friends anywhere at any time, and no matter what. Um, and so that was never something that was, you know, at, at that age concerning to me. So moving forward as, you know, I got older and started trying to make friends and stuff like that. I was kind of an oddball. I am an oddball. I still am an oddball. I never won't be an oddball. But when when you're growing up and you're in, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, you're just kind of an oddball that doesn't really fit in anywhere. You, you tend to get picked on. And I tended to get picked on quite a bit. You know, I, I was, the, I was bullied most of my schooling until I decided to become the bully, but that's, we're not at that point of the story yet. You know, the first, some of the first things I could remember that I haven't blocked out was not wanting to, to play um, high school football. I didn't want to. I wanted to run cross country and I was from a friend that was very looked down upon from a friend of mine that I had who I considered to be one of my good friends. And that just being, being set with that expectation right off the bat wasn't anything good. It was, it was just that, that one right there was rough from someone who I thought was a friend who I continued to hang out with afterwards and get this idea that, because of what I chose to do, I wasn't good enough to really be his friend, but I kind of got the pity friendship still. And so, you know, that that sits in there. And, and then you start developing those things because that's, that's a huge age for development for the human brain, for the male brain, just in general, that <clears throat> if that's your expectation going into every friendship and relationship, that they're just there for the pity, 
that's that's all you ever see. So that you start developing the psyche. I started developing the psyche that every friendship, relationship, anything like that was just pity. They were they were showing me pity for whatever reason it might be. I could I could make something up that they were showing me pity for. And again, something I've never dealt with is that right there. But I've worked not dealt with. I've worked through it a lot more, and I've never dealt with it fully. Never you know clinically, we'll say it that way. And a lot of it's just been personal growth and all that jazz trying to work through it. But, you know, you have these moments where you're like, they only want to be friends for whatever reason. They want to show me pity or I can offer them something. That was another one. And, you know, if I could offer them at one point, it was a car ride or it was, you know, what whatever it might be. The only reasons that they were they would talk to me or be friends with me is because I could offer them something. And then you get that expectation set in your head. Like, this is all happening in my very formative years of middle school and high school. And I'm 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 not gonna say that it it was ever I'm not gonna point fingers at anybody other than myself because it wasn't their fault that I was, you know, I was the way I was. It was just, it just, it just wasn't. And so, but as I, all these formative years are happening and I'm getting all these expectations of what friendships and relationships are supposed to look like, it never, it never failed that that was my first thought anytime someone new came into my life. Um, and over time, as this is happening, I develop a high trust problem. I have trust issues. I'll be the first to admit that I have trust issues. I trust like five people in my life. And that is nothing other than those are the people that have always been there and I can always count on. Who have shown me that you know they just don't want something from me or they're not just showing me pity friendships um, and all that jazz. And, Honestly, most of them haven't come except within the last, you know, five years, post high school, post college, where I've really found some solid friends. Um, And so that's part of that growth of my life and my experiences. But, you know, in, in the depths of this experience, this this overwhelming urge, which at the time, you know, I don't think I really, I wouldn't have um, fully classified it as, you know, depression, anxiety, and all that jazz, because I was in the in the camp that as long as you believed in God and had a quote-unquote relationship, which at the time I didn't, but that's a whole other part of the story. As long as you believed those things, you know, mental health wasn't going to be an issue for you because everything was rainbows and gumdrops. Which, if you know anything, that's not how life works. Life is not rainbows and gumdrops at all. Life is very much difficult from time to time and very, very much, um, it's hard. Life's hard. And there's no other way to put it. I'm not ashamed to put it that way. I don't want anyone to ever think that just because 
I, I'm doing all these things that doesn't that makes my life easier than someone else's. But and and so moving moving forward and moving on to you know what what everything. I just lost my entire train of thought. Hold on, sorry. Let me go back. So I was talking about <laughs> I was talking about not classifying it as as uh, mental health or depression or anxiety or anything like that. Um, but now that I'm older and I reflect, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what those things were. I was I was very high on the the lack of mental health. I, I wasn't I wasn't mentally healthy, and. I think for some people, that's hard to accept, even when they get older, that at some point in their lives, they weren't mentally healthy, or that they, um, for whatever reason, they're, they weren't where they thought they should have been at that point, and then that kind of affects their current life as well. Um, and I'm not going to say it doesn't affect my current life, because it definitely does. There's definitely moments where... I, I find myself very much dwelling on my past and dwelling on the things that I did do or didn't do that affect my current living in the moment situation. And I think that's partially just human nature. You know, you can't sit there and be like, well, you know, I uh, could have done this or should have done that and I could be here, but I'm not. I did, I did, I did X, Y, Z and I am here where I'm at. I could, there's no could be, would be, should be. This is where I'm at. And I forget to sometimes just to embrace that. I, I don't always embrace the moment that I'm in or embrace the, the, as they would put it in your Christian circles, the season of life that I may be tending to. And I, I it's normal. I think it's super normal for people. I don't think it's as easy as, well, I can be happy because it's a Tuesday. And on Tuesday, I get to drive to work. And that makes me happy. Happy, happy, happy. Happy, happy. No, I don't like... That's the whole rainbows, gumdrops, everything's okay. Mumbo jumbo. And I, I don't like to give that sort of idea off. I think life is much much bigger than rainbows, gumdrops, and happy, happy, happy all the time. Because you gotta feel. I think without without those range of emotions, you never really experience, you know, the, the fullness of life. And again, this is gonna come, I'm gonna kind of come back to this when we're really looking at like the biblical side, because I think people don't think about it as much, but, you know, Jesus experienced all all ranges of emotions to kind of, you know, experience the fullness of human life. And we'll, we'll get, we'll, I'm going to dive more into that uh, on the, that later episode, but I just think it's important to realize that we didn't, we're not the first people to do this. So we won't be the last to experience all these emotions and everything. And so without that, you know, <laughs> Without those range of emotions, do you not have as many mental health issues? I mean, probably. That's speculation. Speculation, not speculation. I combined words there today. Uh, that that's very um, speculation. I'm speculating on the idea that if 
without a range of emotions, you know, we'd be able to not suffer from so many, as many mental health issues. But, you know, who knows? We'll never know because we, we have them. The emotions are there. The feelings are there. And then that's just the way it is. That's the way we were created, you know. And, and so without those moments, without those feelings of depression, anxiety, you know, would I still be the same person I am today? I, I mean, I can't tell you one way or the, another. I do, again, this is going to come back to the, the later on one. I do think that everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. Everything has its moment in place when you have it. That leads you specifically to where you're supposed to be at that time. I think that's 100% accurate. I think God plans all that. I mean, that that's my personal opinion. And so, you know, take that for what it's worth as well. But as as I moved forward, as I, as I, so high school, formative, middle school, high school years, I started developing this anxiety of going to school, this depression, this all this jazz. And you know, at, at the time I was going to church and believed, quote unquote, I, I, I'm not, I don't think I was saved at that age. I think it took a few more years to kind of work through things in my life and everything before I was like, yeah, this is definitely, this is me. This is nobody else, um, which we're, we'll get to that here in a second. But I, I can't help but think that, you know, there was some, some, people in things in my life that were always speaking truth in my life. You know, I can remember this very early on when, when Lecrae started writing music and making music, there was a song, uh, come as you are and, or just as you are one of the two, I might be confusing bands and titles right now, but you know, the premise of it is, is like, it doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, what you dealt with, you know, just come to God as you are. I, and like, I can remember that. I remember I, I used to run a lot, a lot, a lot. And that was like my, how I, how I dealt with things. I just ignored them and I ran literally and mentally. Like I literally was running and I mentally ran for my problems and my, my feelings and emotions. And, and so I would listen to music and that was a song that would come up a, a lot of times in my running playlist at the time. And so I remember that and I remember standing, you know, there, there's things I remember standing over a bridge and wondering like, what would happen if I just jumped? Who, who would, who would be sad? Who, who would really, who would really miss me? I remember having those thoughts. I remember just that, that pit in your stomach feeling of what is, what is there more to life other than this this junk that I was feeling and you know that's not a fun place to be and even then I, I knew something was off and wrong but I just never really wanted to deal with it and so I just I just did what I did best and I ignored it I just kept running I kept ignoring and so you know instead of staying home being responsible with my college years, I decided to go off to college for a year. And this is where 
weird. I just, I will quit going to church. I quit reading the Bible. I just, I just quit. I didn't care. I was in college. I was going to do what I want when I wanted. Um, it didn't matter. I was hurt. I'd gotten, I'd gotten injured over the summer playing travel basketball. So I couldn't participate in sports, which is what I went out to do. And I, I hated it. I hated every second of it. Um, but it was formative, and I needed it. I needed I needed to, almost in the sense like the prodigal son, I needed to go away to find myself. I needed to, to get away from everything that I'd been told and everything that I'd been doing just to, just to be on the understanding that it, it's on the up and up. It's not the end of the world. Um, you know, God really used that time to be, to, to like show me his goodness now that I reflect back on it. Because, you know, like, I just didn't, I didn't care about my studies. I didn't care about what was going on. I didn't care about who I was hanging out with. And so I hung out with all the wrong people for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, all those reasons that I, I was pretty much doing, you know, what I thought people were doing to me, I was doing to others at this point because I didn't care. I didn't care whose feelings I hurt. I didn't care, you know, what lies I told. I Just all in all, overall, my my care level was, was zero, um, which is hard for me to say because, like, Right now, I would I care deeply about people, and I think people are very, very important and very, you know, like you have to be gentle with them, and you just can't run them over like you're with a bus all the time. But that's how it was back then, and you know, I burned bridges, I I lost friendships, and all that jazz. Um, people that I was close to at once, I wasn't, wasn't close to anymore. You know, I spent years not talking to some people and, you know, partially like, yeah, I, I don't mind having those friendships burned because I, I've left that life behind. I'm not that same person anymore. And so it doesn't really like, yes, it still matters at the end of the day. And don't get me wrong when I say this, but that was the old me. The new me would never do that. It's changed 180 degrees and walked right back away from that kind of lifestyle. And so, yes, it matters. No, it doesn't matter all at the same time. And so, but I could see things in my life, and I, and I really struggled with depression and anxiety. I couldn't run. I'd bone on my knee, so I couldn't run at all. And that was like what my my value was found in. Um, I was supposed to play basketball. Couldn't do that because I was hurt. Uh, Tried to run outdoor track that year. And it was just miserable. I got embarrassed. I, you know, I just, I was, I pushed it coming back way too soon. And I just, I kind of, I broke myself. And I didn't think I could do that mentally, but I did. I I remember I lost it one night and I just, I couldn't continue college anymore. I finished off the year and I was like, I'm done. I'm not going back to college. Um, but I was encouraged to, you know, seek out classes and all that jazz. 
because I think the concern was if I didn't go back that year, I don't, I wouldn't go back at all, which is very possible. I mean, like at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know if I would have gone back. I don't know if I wouldn't have gone back, but it is very possible that I might've not gone back at that point. And that's kind of, you know, that's my, that's my, that was my like turning point, I think. And when I developed, started to develop, you know, uh, an itch per se to, to something more. I didn't know what that something more looked like, but I, I knew I was going to, you know, seek out some schools and, and all that jazz. And I ended up getting into the local Bible college, which at that time I was like, all right, I'm going to be here a year. I'm going to focus really hard on rehabbing my knee and my body and getting back into shape. And then I'm, I'm gone. I'm going, I'm moving on. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, run, play basketball somewhere else. Cause that's what I wanted to do. That's all I cared about at that point. And so I, that's what I said. I said, I'm going to, for a year, I'm going to spend this year at a Bible college. And the only reason I knew this Bible college really existed is because of the high school I ended up going to after getting in a fight. So like, there's certain things that was kind of ebbed and flowed that led me to this point. And, and I, I didn't, I stop here because this is where I'm going to stop for like my mental health things, because my mental health was real, real bad going into that first year of college of Bible college. And, I, and let me tell you, being in Bible college, struggling with depression, anxiety, and all that jazz, like it's not the place to be sometimes because there's, and I say that it was a very conservative Bible college and everything. And so that's part of it as well is the conservativeness of the college I went to and all that jazz. Um, it just wasn't something that was a good, a good um, fit wasn't really a good any you know but I needed it because it, I I, sh, I, was, I needed something more in my life I couldn't continue to focus on just this sports career that was going to end whenever my college days were over anyways and I knew that because I mean admittedly I'm six foot can't jump not very fast you know my future wasn't very bright after college I don't know why I thought it was um but that was just, that's the way it was. And so I went there. I started the rehab process. It really took me a full year to get my body rehabbed, my knee rehabbed, all that jazz. Um, and like that in itself was very helpful because I was, you know, I was able to run again. I was, I was feeling better physically. And so like mentally I was slowly getting better. And I, and I just want you to notice that through this, I never really dealt with it. I never once dealt with it. I still, to this day, I mean, I've talked about it with some people, but I just, I don't, I can't tell you exactly where that all stems from and how, how it really works for me because I still don't know at this point. Um, I don't know exactly where it stems from or what had happened. I mean, I could probably go sit with a therapist or a psychologist and they'd be like, well, it stems from this, this, and this, and that's why you have this, this, and this. Yeah, it's great. But, you know, as I, as I've personally been walking through it, it's, it's more, one, more of one of those things like, how can I work through it and get through everything myself? 
because I'm stubborn. And, and that, that's going to be a very key to the other side of my story here, of my, my story of salvation and how I, I got saved and all that jazz. Um, I'm a very stubborn person. I have a very stubborn personality. I, uh, I like things done the, the right way the first time. I have high expectations for just, you know, I have high expectations for myself and for, you know, different scenarios and activities and all that jazz. Like, I just have that, that expectations of excellence of everything. Um, but, you know, having that kind of perfectionistic mindset very ADHD kind of, you know, persona of, of hyper-focused, certain, certain hobbies that stay for a while, then leave, like, there's some telltale signs of that, and, you know, when you look at that, and we're going to get into that, because it's just something to touch on, when when, when, you, when you get into that, you, you do start to see that depression, anxiety, perfectionism, ADHD. They all kind of go hand in hand. Um, and, and for me, it came through in the sense of I'm a perfectionist. I didn't live up to that perfectionistic standard. So now I'm a failure. And now that I'm a failure, now I'm depressed because I'm a failure. And so, or on the other side, like, Oh, I have all this anxiety to be perfect, to just to show perfection, and I don't. And then it's like, well, I uh, now I'm depressed because I didn't live up to this expectation that I had for myself. And, and I, I'm gonna be honest. I I know God knew that about me. Like that, I can't say He didn't because He made me, He formed me, He created who I was as a person. Um. Ain't nothing to him is a surprise. It it just took longer. Like I think I think that, you know, as I've entered this first year of Bible college, I think that you know, that was the first step of showing my willingness to kind of surrender my life to something bigger than myself. And I'm not gonna say I did it just like this. It took a little bit of time. So I entered my first year of Bible college at 19, went all year. Entered my second year at at, uh, at 20, went all year. It wasn't until that spring of my second year where I'm like, shoot, this God is real. This God is bigger than me. This God is something that I cannot deny. He's made everything. He has formed everything. He formed me. He formed those around me. He formed any, every opportunity that I've ever had in my life. And so I, I was struck with that. And the thing is, is like, I, I was getting all this knowledge about it, you know, cause I was going to Bible college. So I was forced into Bible classes and that forcing into Bible classes was, was definitely leading me towards a lot of truth and a lot of like quality like I this is undeniable even from a logical standpoint and I I like to think that I'm a very analytical brain more than not um in to pretty much prove to my own brain 
that there is a God and he is greater than anything I could ever imagine was undeniable to me at that point. And I knew I had to surrender. I had to be like, yes, I believe in God and who he is and who he says he is. And I have no doubt about that. I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me. I accept that I'm a sinner and that I've fallen short and that I can't save myself. I accepted all those things in a matter of, you know, 24 months pretty much of starting Bible college and spending two years there learning and training and trying to understand all of that. Um, but I, I, I want to point out that it's not just a, a flip of the switch. I want to point out that, you know, everything that I struggled with and everything that I was dealing with from the a mental health side, it was, it was still there. It is still there to this day. Like there, there are certain things and aspects that just, they just don't go away overnight. And I'm not saying I don't have a little bit better control of them, but it's still something that I deal with. It's, it's more of a, you know, you deal with depression. Everyone deals with it in different ways. Some people try to put on a happy face and are happy go lucky, but you know, deep down inside they they're miserable. Or you know, there's the the one who's just miserable, the Eeyore, as I like to call him. Um, you know, there's all these different ways to deal with it, and all these different ways to try to understand it. And you know, that's that's not. You know, I'm not going to throw one person under a bus just because they understand it and deal with it differently than I do. But what I, what I am here to say is that just because you become a Christian doesn't mean it automatically disappears. You don't automatically just be like, well, I'm over all my depression and anxieties. No, that's a, that's a work in progress. And I, and I think that's one of the hardest things to get across. And one of those things that like why I decided to, to tackle this idea of mental health and all that jazz is that I really, really wanted people to understand that it's okay to struggle with these things, even as a believer, as a Christian, because it's, people just don't think about it. They're like, well, you're a Christian, just get rid of it, move on. It, it's never going to be that simple. You're never just going to be able to be like, oh, well, I moved on from my mental health and my depression and my anxiety. No. I mean, literally, when we get into the biblical side of things, you will see that there are verses on casting away anxieties, you know, putting all your fears here and all that jazz. Like, there's a ton of verses on that stuff. But it, that's that's because I God knew we were going to struggle with it. God knows we struggle with it. Like, it's not a secret. And, and that's... That's the part of things that I am very like excited to kind of talk about and get ready for is that it's not going to be one of those like, oh, well, God didn't plan for this. So there's nothing to really talk about here. No, he planned for it. He knew it was coming. He knew how we would be. And and that that's that's exciting to me. That's exciting that even though I struggle with that stuff. He's going he's gonna to continue to work on me and work through me and help me deal with it in his way, not in my way. Because my way would be like, just get rid of it, move on, ignore it. No, he wants us to deal with it and, and all that stuff. And I, 
I don't want people to be afraid of that. I don't want people to be like, well, I uh, can't tell anybody about this because if I do, they're going to look at me funny. No, I, I want to make this something that is talked about. I I want people to be afraid of, oh, well, I uh, I want people to be afraid of that the stigma that comes with it. And so I'm, I'm going to throw myself under the bus. I'm not going to throw anyone else. I'm going to throw myself right under the bus and just be honest and be like, you know, depression, anxiety, you know, perfectionism, all this stuff, it still runs deep through me. It still causes conflict in my life. It still is something that, despite being a Christian and being saved for, you know, 10 years, is not something that is gone. It just didn't disappear overnight. It's something I've been working through and working on. And from where I started to where I'm at today, like it's night and day difference. And I, and that's something that's encouraging, but it's still not the end of my story. You know, my story is still a work in progress when it comes to that. And when I think about it, like, like I said, I just don't want people to, I don't want that stigma to be around it. I want it to be something that, you know, in the church and your Christian with your Christian friends, like you can talk about it because who's going to understand you better than them? Really? No one. You, they have the same base fundamental views of, of the person. They believe in the same God you believe in, you know, all that fun stuff. They should be the ones that you can talk to and confide in and just be like, yo, I struggle with this. And so when we go through this and as we continue this, really fun adventure of talking about this very tinged um, topic, very red flag topic, very taboo topic of mental health. The goal of it all is going to be something of, hey, let's talk about it with others. Let's, let's start spreading the the word let's start getting things you know let's start all this fun stuff of well we have a month dedicated to it so we'll just talk about it that month but no other time no we're going to talk about it all the time because we need to because we're humans and without humans we don't Without humans, we don't want. I don't know. Without human contact, we don't have anyone else to confide in. My notes are real bad today on this one, too, by the way. I'm reading them off my phone. So it seemed like I rambled at points. That's probably because I did. And I just had some key points. But without, without having people to confide in, what do we really have? And if we can't confide in those who are closest to us, you know, same belief system, same... Um, views, world views, and if those aren't the people we can confide in, then who can we confide in when it comes to this? Because, you know, it's never going to be like, hey, I'm here to help. If 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 it's always a taboo topic, it's always going to be like, oh, did you hear so-and-so's been struggling with anxiety lately? Or so-and-so's been struggling with depression lately? It, it's more of that gossip topic. And and I don't want that. I want I want to change the 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 idea of it. I want it to be something that's not this negative connotation all the time. So 
as I said at the very beginning, we're gonna we're gonna break this up into like a three parter. I think I think it's gonna be three. Um, if you were hoping to see it on video, it's not gonna happen because the camera died, and so that's gonna have to be that's gonna be a different one. We may kick that off with a different series. So if you're hoping to see this on video, sorry about you, ain't happening. Good luck with that one, I guess. Um, we may try a different video streaming way uh just to kind of see if that helps but for this one it just it didn't happen um because the camera battery died i guess i don't know what happened to it but so i appreciate the listen i appreciate those who follow on a regular basis again i apologize for being absent for months we're getting back to it we're getting back in the swing of things we just talked about mental health and all that jazz, so you do the math. We'll just leave it there. But as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. If you haven't given us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, um, there's the blog, uh, WordPress. If you haven't given us a follow there, go find us, Beyond the Water, 419, everywhere. That's what we are. Uh, it's got underscores under under it on Instagram. It's just Beyond the Water 419 on Facebook. Beyond the Water 419 on WordPress. Find us there. And who knows? Maybe you'll find us somewhere else one day too. But until then, never forget to live life beyond the water. <laughs>